Hey, what's good? Happy hump day, everybody. I'll be back uh, shortly with some more good news. Today in good news. Being generous really does make you happier. Uh, from Time magazine, written by Amanda McMillan. It doesn't take a neuroscientist to know that doing nice things for people feels good. But now researchers say they've discovered that even thinking about doing something generous has real mood-boosting benefits in the brain. In a new study published in Nature Communications, researchers from the University of Zurich in Switzerland told 50 people they'd be receiving about $100 over a few weeks. Half of the people were asked to commit to spending that money on themselves and half were asked to spend it on someone they knew. The researchers wanted to see whether simply pledging to being generous was enough to make people happier. So before doling out any money, they brought everyone into the lab and asked them to think about a friend they'd like to give a gift to and how much they would like to hypothetically spend. They then performed functional MRI scans to measure activity in three regions of the brain associated with social behavior, generosity, happiness, and decision-making. Their choices and their brain activity seemed to depend on how they had pledged to spend the money earlier. Those who had agreed to spend money on other people tended to make more generous decisions throughout the experiment compared to those who had agreed to spend on themselves. They also had more interaction between the parts of the brain associated, associated with altruism and happiness, and they reported higher levels of happiness after the experiment was over. Another piece of good news was that it didn't seem to matter how generous people were. Planning to give away just a little bit of money had the same effects on happiness as giving away a lot. At least in our study, the amount spent did not matter, said lead author Philip Tobler. Associate Professor, Professor of Neuroeconomics and Social Neuroscience in an email. It is worth keeping in mind that even little things have a beneficial effect, like bringing coffee to one's office mates in the morning. It's not yet clear how long these warm fuzzy feelings last after being generous, but other research suggests that making generosity a regular habit may influence long-term well-being and happiness, the study authors say. Studies have shown that older people who are generous tend to have better health, says Tobler, and other research has indicated that spending money on others can be as effective as lowering blood pressure as medication or exercise. Moreover, there's a positive association between helping others and life expectancy, he adds, perhaps because helping others reduces stress. The researchers wonder, however, whether the feel-good effect of generosity could be dampened by deliberate attempts to take advantage of it. In other words, by expecting personal gains from perf performing selfless acts. Still, the new study suggests that making a pledge to do generous things could be a useful way to reinforce altruistic behavior and even make people happier, says Tobler. It is known that actually helping others and being generous to them increases happiness, he says. I would still consider that the primary route to boost happiness, however, making a commitment to help others is a first step to follow through. 
Next time you think that the best way to make yourself feel better is to buy yourself a treat, consider that the opposite is likely true. It is worth giving it a shot even if you think it would not work, Tobler says. In order to reap health benefits, repeated practice is probably needed so that giving becomes second nature. So that's from Time magazine, written by Amanda McMillan. Uh, articles called Being Generous Really Does Make You Happier. Um, it's something that uh, I've read previously, um, and obviously scientifically it is a very valid statement. Um, and something I'd like to add to that as well is something that's also true, is that by acts of generosity towards other people um, is more likely to make them inclined to act generously and altruistically towards other people. So it really does have a, a ripple effect, a kind of butterfly effect, if you will. Um, so that's the first story for today from What's Good. science-based way to be nice and finish first article found in Forbes magazine and written by Roger Dooley we've all heard the old maxim nice guys finish last but is that true will kindness to others hamper your progress or work to your advantage the answer isn't a simple yes or no Eric Barker, author of Barking Up the Wrong Tree blog and of a Wall Street Journal bestseller of the same name, offered an answer in a recent interview citing research by Wharton's Adam Grant and other scientists. Barker highlights the difference between being genuinely helpful and allowing yourself to be manipulated by others. Givers, matches and takers. Grant's results show that altruistic people, or givers, are both at the top and at the bottom of the success ladder. This group tends to give more than they get and can be further divided into two segments. The segment composed of people who really sacrificed themselves for others didn't do well. These unconditional givers were the least successful of all groups. In contrast, the givers who set clear limits to their kindness were the most successful. These limits allowed them to thrive without being insensitive or unpleasant. Two other groups were matchers, people who get and give in more or less equal amounts, and takers, who get more than they give. Both of these groups were in the centre of the success spectrum and achieved average results. The power of chunking. Establishing priorities and managing our time are the keys to both being helpful and highly successful. High achievers help others as much as they can in the workplace, but they don't allow this to derail their own personal projects and goals. While they strive to be helpful, the people in this group are careful not to let others take advantage of the generosity. Grant's research shows that the most successful givers employ a chunking strategy. They devote a specific amount of time to helping others, and that might be a day a week, a few hours a month, or any other specific amount of time. The key aspect of chunking strategy is that it sets boundaries that permit these givers to help others 
are not sacrificing their own important goals. Sprinklers, on the other hand, tend to constantly think about the needs of others. They allow their personal projects to be interrupted, which over time pushes them to the bottom of the success spectrum. Team effects matter. The niceness of people around you can also play an important part in your success. People feel an affinity towards others with similar personalities. If there are multiple givers in the group, they will protect and help one another. This is observed even in situations when givers are only a small part of the group. So, when an organization or group or work group includes other helpful people, there's a good chance that they will all thrive by supporting each other. When there are few givers, things are more difficult. According to Barker, when givers are scarce, then they become easy to pick off and for takers to exploit. If you're going into an organization which is rife with the very people you want, who want to exploit you, if you're not connected to other givers, then you can end up a martyr. Hence, it's wise to analyze the people you work with. Try to, try to connect with givers and matches to prevent takers from exploiting your generosity. If you seem to be the only helpful person, your chances for success are low. Barker points out the pitfalls of surrounding yourself with the wrong people. If you join an organization filled with takers or even worse, people of questionable ethics, he says three things will likely happen. One, you'll be unhappy. Two, you'll not do very well. And three, most dangerous, you might become more like them. Your larger network is important too. Barker cites research by Nicholas Christakis, now at Yale, that shows the happiness of your friends and friends' friends influence your own. The simple rules. To achieve high levels of success, research shows you should help those around you. But as Barker points out, it's important to be part of a team that includes other helpful people, either matches or givers. And you should set limits on the time you devote to this altruism. The science-based way to be nice and finish first. Article found in Forbes magazine and written by Roger Dooley. We've all heard the old maxim, nice guys finish last. But is that true? Will kindness to others hamper your progress or work to your advantage? The answer isn't a simple yes or no. Eric Barker, author of Barking Up the Wrong Tree blog and of a Wall Street Journal bestseller of the same name, offered an answer in a recent interview citing research by Wharton's Adam Grant and other scientists. Barker highlights the difference between being genuinely helpful and allowing yourself to be manipulated by others. Givers, matches and takers. Grant's results show that altruistic people, or givers, are both at the top and at the bottom of the success ladder. This group tends to give more than they get and can be further divided into two segments. The segment composed of people who really sacrificed themselves for others didn't do well. These unconditional givers were the least successful of all groups. In contrast, the givers who set clear limits to their kindness were the most successful. These limits allowed them to thrive without being insensitive or unpleasant. Two other groups were matchers, 
people who get and give in more or less equal amounts and takers who get more than they give. Both of these groups were in the centre of the success spectrum and achieved average results. The power of chunking. Establishing priorities and managing our time are the keys to both being helpful and highly successful. High achievers help others as much as they can in the workplace, but they don't allow this to derail their own personal projects and goals. While they strive to be helpful, the people in this group are careful not to let others take advantage of the generosity. Grant's research shows that the most successful givers employ a chunking strategy. They devote a specific amount of time to helping others, and that might be a day a week, a few hours a month, or any other specific amount of time. The key aspect of chunking strategy is that it sets boundaries that permit these givers to help others while not sacrificing their own important goals. Sprinklers, on the other hand, tend to constantly think about the needs of others. They allow their personal projects to be interrupted, which over time pushes them to the bottom of the success spectrum. Team effects matter. The niceness of people around you can also play an important part in your success. People feel an affinity towards others with similar personalities. If there are multiple givers in the group, they will protect and help one another. This is observed even in situations when givers are only a small part of the group. So, when an organisation or group or work group includes other helpful people, there's a good chance that they will all thrive by supporting each other. When there are few givers, things are more difficult. According to Barker, when givers are scarce, then they become easy to pick off and for takers to exploit. If you're going into an organisation which is rife with the very people you want, who want to exploit you, if you're not connected to other givers, then you can end up a martyr. Hence, it's wise to analyse the people you work with. Try to, try to connect with givers and matchers to prevent takers from exploiting your generosity. If you seem to be the only helpful person, your chances for success are low. Barker points out the pitfalls of surrounding yourself with the wrong people. If you join an organisation filled with takers or even worse, people of questionable ethics, he says three things will likely happen. One, you'll be unhappy. Two, you'll not do very well. And three, most dangerous, you might become more like them. Your larger network is important too. Barker cites research by Nicholas Christakis, now at Yale, that shows the happiness of your friends and friends' friends influence your own. The simple rules. To achieve high levels of success, research shows you should help those around you. But, as Barker points out, it's important to be part of a team that includes other helpful people, either matchers or givers. And you should set limits on the time you devote to this altruism. Just to um, to add on to the end of the the last segment, um, the blog mentioned in the article uh, "Backing Up the Wrong Tree" by Eric Barker. Um, I really do recommend uh, anybody interested in um, in psychology read that uh, read that blog and also buy his uh, his recent book, which I'm about three quarters of the way through reading uh, which I'll give you the exact 
title for now. It's actually Backing Up the Wrong Tree, the surprising science behind why everything you know about success is mostly wrong. Um, full of real-life examples, backed by scientific studies, um, and with, with a, a really good dose of humor in it as well. A uh, really good writer, really good blogger. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm finding his, his, uh, his articles very, uh, very beneficial. Um, also, um, the other author mentioned in the article, Adam Grant, if you don't already, um, I would suggest you, uh, you purchase his books and read those as well. Um, I've, on, my, on my shelf, I've currently got the one, his latest, I believe, called Originals. Um, which is which is a must read, and uh, the one cited in in that particular uh, article, um, titled. Let me. I believe it's called Givers and Takers. Um, funnily enough, uh, also a really uh, really essential read for uh, for anyone interested in uh, psychology and neuroscience and. Uh, and that kind of thing. Okay, cool. I'm now going to sit down, chill with a beer, and watch episode two of Game of Thrones. Peace.